Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Good, good. It's, uh, thanks for joining us on Christmas morning. Uh, we, uh, I hope you're all able to celebrate this year. Things were a bit different last year, but we uh, were blessed, aren't we, this year to be able to do things a little bit more like normal times. So I just want to t- take us, I mean, Paul's already alluded to it and spoken about it, but to the story of the, the angels coming to the shepherds, and it's found in Luke 2, it says this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. How many times have you seen this, that this Christmas already? I've seen it five times. There's no room in, in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that these verses are the most hope-filled verses in the scriptures. The dawning of a new day, the the start of a new age, the saviour being born. Now, have you ever been in the right place at the right time? Yeah, some people have been in the right place at the right time. I once came out of my work office where I was working at that time. I walked into the car park and who was there but Steve McLaren. Steve McLaren was the ex-England manager. He was the Derby manager at the time. Now, I'm not a big one for like celebrity chasing and these kind of things, but my friend was a massive Derby fan and loved Steve McLaren. So I went across to him and, and, and said, look, can I have a selfie? He wasn't happy about it at all. Uh, I had this great, I don't even know where the photo is anymore, but this great photo of him like scowling and I'm like smiling on the photo. But it was right place, right time. Now, I've also been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Anybody else? <laughs> well, I can remember when I was about, I don't know, 19-ish, 18, 19, I'd just been driving a couple of years. I pulled into a space and at the same time a woman pulled out of the next space and hit my car. It wasn't my fault, Paul, it was hers. <laughs> of course, you're just going to have to believe me in that. Now this account in Luke 2, it looks like the shepherds were just in the right place at the right time. But as we're going to look at today, it was far more than an accident or coincidence. See, the angel of the Lord appeared in that space, in that time, for a specific reason. See, it doesn't really make much sense that God would appear to a shepherd. 
Because the shepherds were the lowliest of all people. They were messy, they were smelly, they roamed around, they didn't have a home, they were poor, and they weren't even really allowed in the temple because they were deemed as unclean. So why would God announce the, 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 uh, the, the start of a new era, the dawn of a new age, to shepherds? It makes no sense. But before we dive into that, let me give you some context into the society and the situation that this proclamation was announced into. See, there was civil upheaval from Rome. The Roman government were occupying the land. They were in charge. They were being led by a, a dictator. Bad things were happening, uh, unfair taxes, extra taxes. And, and, and as we know, with Jesus going to the cross, if you stepped out of line, you were going to be severely, severely punished. There was economic and social pain. There was isolation. There was violence. And there was uncertainty. Does it sound familiar? What uncertain days we live in. We've never had so much uncertainty, I don't think, in the Western world. We've never been more pulled from pillar to post. I was speaking to Helen's granddad last night, who's 90 years old. And he was like, this is the strangest time I've ever lived in. Bearing in mind he's lived through a world war. But we see from Luke 2 that God hears the pain of the people. See, this wasn't just right place at right time. God broke into the most dark of moments for a reason. And I want to tell you today that he can break in to whatever you are going through today. You can leave different as you open yourself to, to God, as you, as you give all of your hurt, all of your pain, all of the stuff to him. I don't think I've lived in a time where more people have been feeling fear and anxiety and oppressed by it. I want to tell you today that God's not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. So you can walk free today in the promise of Jesus as we let him break in. Are you with me? And to go further with the context of this moment, the religious people, they'd been eagerly awaiting this much prophesied about Messiah. Surely this Messiah was going to, it was going to bring a, a, a new day, a new realm, and he would, but in a different way to what they thought. See, they thought he'd be born into a palace, into Jewish royalty, into Jewish high society, that it'd be an army or a general. But no, God breaks the convention. How often do we see that in the Bible? That God breaks what we think would be wise and he uses his wisdom instead. He comes through a virgin who most people probably thought was crazy. Like, if anyone came up to you and said, I'm pregnant, but I've never had, you know, done the thing to get you pregnant, you'd think, you are certifiably insane. Wouldn't you? We'd think that, wouldn't we? So, Jesus being born to a humble lady who probably a lot of people have, have pushed aside. We know that she actually had to get away because she went to her cousin Elizabeth, probably because people were ridiculing her. And then the husband-to-be is just a, a carpenter and they're born in a nowhere place. It makes no sense, does it? See, it shows me that God shames the protocol of the proud. How proud we can be at times, can't we? You hear the experts on TV, everyone's got an idea, but we're still here 18 months into a pandemic and no one's got any idea how to stop it. It shows us that really 
The wisdom of the world is not wisdom at all. God shames the protocol of the proud. Matthew 2 verse 6, it says, And you, little Bethlehem, are not insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you will emerge the shepherd king, my people, Israel. See, this, this town, Bethlehem, it was, a, well, it was a village six miles south of Jerusalem. It was nondescript. Surely, if it was today, God would come to London or LA or New York. But instead, he chooses Mansfield. Instead, he chooses Ilkeston. Instead, he, he chooses this little place on the edge of somewhere. Not the, the focus, but somewhere on the periphery. It shows me that God can use lowly places. He can use people from lowly places. And I think God takes pride in raising people up from nowhere. Wasn't it Gideon who was, he said, I'm the least, who was hiding in the threshing floor? And God chose to use the least to make him the greatest. The birth of Jesus, it shows me how, number one, the ordinary became extraordinary. In, in verse 7, it says, She wrapped him in clothes, cloths, and placed him in a manger. See, this manger had started the day as a feeding trough, and it ended the day becoming the cradle for a king. What a transformation. I mean, if, if that was like in today's society, it's like if David Beckham sits on that chair, it was a chair before, and now I can sell it for £2,000 because David, <laughs> David Beckham sat on it. It's like if someone wanted to buy my underpants, they'd be like, you, you want. But if David Beckham's worn them, it's, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> this is what had happened in this situation. This cradle had gone from being, well, this, this manger had, be, had gone from being a feeding trough, a messy, dirty object, to being the cradle for the Messiah. And we're speaking about the object 2,000 years later. How amazing. It's a symbol of what can happen to the ordinary man and woman when Jesus lives in us. When Jesus comes and resides within us. See, this manger serves as a symbol to the world of God's transformative power. Those who see themselves as they, are, they truly are. Lawbreakers, hurting, broken in need. People with the past, with failures, mistakes laid bare, become the place where God resides. If we're being honest today, haven't we been that like that? broken, hurt, messy. But then God comes in. He takes the broken things and he makes them beautiful. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27, but God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they're wise. And God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, the nobodies. This is amazing. That God doesn't just use those who society say are perfect, society say has it all together. God takes the broken things and he makes them beautiful. I'm amazed when I look at the history of God, whether it's throughout the Bible or even in the last few hundred years, when you look at the people that God has used, how he takes people with colourful pasts, profound weakness, physical and intellectual limitations, glaring mistakes and sinful inclinations, and he uses those people to bless and to serve the world. Amazing. Come on, church, don't say you're nothing. Don't say you're nobody. Give what you have to God and watch what he's going to do with it. To underscore this, this thought, these shepherds, as I already said, 
These were the lowest of the low in society. Uh, imagine the, the worst job that you can think of today. These were lower than that. They were shunned. They were outcasts. They were people that no one wanted to associate with. Because if you came into contact with them, you were unclean. But God chose to reveal this big news to the least. So we see that God came to lowliness before loftiness. See, this is the important point though, because we can get lost here. God did come to loftiness as well. This is what the Christmas story shows me. It's that God came for everyone. It said, I bring joy for all people. And this is what we've got here. We've got the wise men who represent the footballers of today, who represent the business people, who represent the successful. And we've got the shepherds who represent those who maybe tonight are sleeping on our streets. God came for everybody. Verse 8, it says, There were shepherds living on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. We see throughout the Bible that it's a big deal when angels appear. I'm not sure about you, but I've never had an angel appear to me. It would be a pretty big deal. But throughout the Bible, these big moments are marked with angels. I love it how, how, how the angel says, don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, if you're just in a field tonight and a host of angels came singing, you'd be a bit like, okay. <laughs> what, what? We read these Bible verses, don't we, so much that it almost becomes ordinary. But this was an understated birth announced to an unimpressive group. But Jesus puts value on these men. He, he announces hope by these men by going to them first. Let me challenge you this Christmas. Let me challenge you as we go into 2022. Can we put value on all people? This is the mandate of the people of God to put value on everyone. And I'm trying to be better in this because I'll be honest, there's some people who I just can't be bothered to speak to. Anybody else? But God's calling us to put value on all people. This is what the Bible said. It said it will bring good news and joy to all people. This message is for everyone. Proverbs 31 verse 8 to 9. It says this, speak up for the people who have no voice, for the rights of the down and out, to speak out for justice, stand up for the poor and the destitute. This is why this year we've given away Christmas meals. It's why we've given away toys. It's why we do care for a coffee. It's why we've opened the food hub. Because we want to speak for those who are down and out, don't we, Arena Church? That's the mandate of this house. And finally, from dark and despair comes permanent joy. That word, those words of the angel, do not be afraid. Simple words. But isn't it so much harder to do than to live? Uh, Do than to say. But we're called to live in the freedom and the joy and the peace of God. To not live in fear but to live in his peace, to live with his presence. And as his presence comes, we can walk with a confidence and a peace and a joy. This this angel announced a season of cheer that extended from one generation to the next. Let's just look over this verse in a different version. Verse 10, it says, For I have come to bring you good news. 
the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. I want to tell you today that God brings you good news. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what you're feeling like today. I don't know what 2022 looks like to you. But I want to tell you this, that this is good news. It's the most joyous news you've ever heard. Are you in a pit? Are you depressed? Are you hopeless? Are you despairing? Then this is your verse. This is your promise that hope is here. Come on today, let's fill our minds with it. Let's fill our hearts with it, with his favour, with his grace, with his promises, with his truth. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are precious to God. And you know, as we meditate on these things, it produces joy. Produces joy. The Apostle Paul says, and I'm going to paraphrase because I might not get it right. But he says something like this. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness is the way we live. Peace and joy are felt realities of the kingdom of God. How are we supposed to walk each day? The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. Come on, if you're not living in that today, I want to tell you it's available for you. We fill our hearts and minds, don't we, with so many things. What's going to happen in 2022? What's going to happen with restrictions? What's going to happen going forward? What's my health going to be like? What's my financial situation going to be like? And it's okay to think on certain things, but don't fill your mind on those things. Don't meditate on those things. The Bible says, set your mind on things above. Let's fill our minds with his love, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we're in his kingdom, knowing that we're safe in the palm of his hand, knowing that he is with us. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The saviour has come. It's why we're here today. Light is now shining, dispelling the darkness. The sun has risen onto the darkened shadows of people's hearts. This is for everyone, everywhere, with no exception. I hope today that you've seen something a little bit more than just the, not, I say just the nativity, I love the nativity. At Judah's school and, and Willow's school, they did the nativity in such a traditional, great way. And we try and do it really fancy a lot of the times, don't we? And it was just great to see it in a, a traditional way. But this is a powerful story. And sometimes the power can get lost because we've read it a lot or we've seen it a lot or we've, we've watched it a lot or we've been in it. But this story is the hope of the world. Like Paul says, we have Easter because we have Christmas. What does Christmas mean to me? That song, that's what Christmas means to me. But it means the start of a new day, the dawn of a new era, light coming so we can live free. Why don't you just bow your head and close your eyes. I'm just going to pray as I finish. If there's anyone here today, you say, Josh, I, I don't know if I'm saved. Josh, I, I don't have a relationship with God. But today I want to walk in his light. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, just lift your hand. and sign to you and to God. Say, yeah, I want to start this relationship with Jesus. And God, I pray for everyone here today every person that's come, Father, to honour you on, on your birthday. Lord, I pray that we would fill our minds with your goodness, with your grace, with your joy, with your peace and your love. 
and that God, that we would walk in righteousness and that we would live with peace and with joy in this season. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.